assume based on research that that's what all of you are hoping for, that 2016 is your best year ever. And I don't want to discourage you with a stat, but I read a stat this past week that less than 9% of people keep their New Year's resolutions. Uh, my, my experience is this. I always think I'm one of that 9%, right? And last year I was. I planned to gain a little weight, and I did. And so... But for the rest of you, you're just going to have to grit your teeth and work hard, right, for the new year. But uh, we always think of the new year as a great time uh, this season. So I hope you had a great Christmas. Uh, many of you probably had the unfortunate experience of trying to buy for someone that's incredibly difficult to buy for. Uh, you're anxious about what to get. When you give the gift, there's some anxiety. You're not sure. I hope they like it. I don't really know. Whether. How many of you have someone in your life that is difficult to buy for? Yeah, several of you. And so you're always anxious. And the question becomes... Uh, what do you get the man who has everything, right? Now, the good news is when you have kids, uh, you never have to wonder what they want. Uh, they're, they're telling you all year long, advertisers are making sure you know exactly what they want. Well, interestingly, uh, if you find a person who's hard to buy for, what do you, you know, what's the gift for the person who seems to have everything in life? The Bible actually speaks of a guy who really did have everything in life from a human uh, perspective. And so uh, scripture says he had everything that money could buy. However, the one thing he desired was something so valuable that you could not put a price on it. This morning, we're going to start a new series for several weeks, and we're calling it Grow, uh, talking about how to have your best year ever. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to look at uh, multiple areas, kind of a bunch of little mini-sermons, if you will, in different facets that we all need to grow and to have our best uh, year yet. And that's what we all want, is it not? We, we want our joy to grow. We want our uh, business and our financial picture to grow. Uh, we want everything moving up to the right and on the bar graph, right, and up. Uh, the only thing we want going down is the scale. But everything else, we want it to grow. And so we're going to look at some areas to grow in over the next uh, several weeks. So let me invite you to take your Bibles as we begin this series and turn to my favorite Old Testament book, the book of Proverbs. I love the book of Proverbs. And we're going to look this morning... Beginning in chapter 14, we're going to look at several Proverbs this morning. So we're going to start uh, in chapter 14 as we seek to glean some uh, wisdom here from the book of Proverbs. So remember that guy I was talking about earlier? The guy who really did have everything from a human perspective? Well, in the Bible, uh, his name was Solomon. And Solomon, from a human perspective, he had it all. But he felt there was one thing that he needed. And so uh, when he was the third king of Israel, God told Solomon, he said, listen... I'll grant you one wish. Now, think of all the things that you would wish for. Some of you would wish for world peace. Some of you would wish for, you know, finally get your health into a place where it's better and all those kinds of things. Some of you would, you know, wish you would finally win the lottery, but you wouldn't tell anybody you won because you're a Christian, right? Like all these, right? Anyway, and so we, uh, you know, all these things. And so here's a guy who literally God just says, you know what? You, if you tell me what you want, I'll give it to you. And so Solomon could have wished for prosperity, long life, all those things. Instead, what Solomon asked God for uh, was a heart of wisdom. First uh, Kings chapter 3, uh, listen to this. It says, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. And so God said to him, since you've asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice... I will do what you've asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever 
B. Now, wouldn't you like to pick the brain of the wisest person that's ever lived this side of Jesus? Well, the good news is you can. Because in the book of Proverbs, many of them are come from the pen of Solomon through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So part one of the series we're just talking about this morning is just growing in wisdom. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to help us grow in wisdom by defining the opposite of wisdom. I want to look at the characteristics of a fool or a foolish living. And so here's why. My experience is this, is that when a person lacks wisdom, they usually do not know, do they? Like when a person's foolish, they have no idea. Like everyone around them knows, but they have no idea. Now the reality is all of us need to grow in wisdom. And so as we walk through this list, my guess is that you'll be just like me. Is that you'll find some things and you'll see, you know what, I'm doing pretty good there, I'm doing pretty good there. But when it comes to that, I desperately need to grow in wisdom in 2016 if I'm going to have the year that I believe that God wants me uh, to have. And we should all crave wisdom because the Bible says it is no small thing. To be called a fool or to be foolish. As a matter of fact, Jesus in Matthew uh, chapter 5 went out of his way to say that being a fool is such an awful thing. You, you should never, ever call anyone that. And so the Bible says it's a, a, a dangerous thing to be considered a foolish person. It's the one thing you do not want to be called uh, from the Bible. And so uh, but the, we're often deceived about our own lack of wisdom. So I want to, this morning, I want to help us discern four characteristics of a person who lacks wisdom according to the book of Proverbs. And as you walk through this, now let me just tell you, the temptation will be as you listen to a sermon like this, because when I was walking through it, uh, the temptation will be, I wish so-and-so was here, right? Like they, they desperately need to hear that. But can I just remind you this morning, this is God's word for you and I sitting here today, not for someone who is not here this morning, all right? So let's walk through this list in the book of Proverbs and find out what a foolish person does so that we can grow in the area of wisdom in 2016. So the first thing we see in Proverbs uh, chapter 14 is this, is that a fool is always experiencing uh, bad luck. Always experiencing bad luck, at least from their vantage point. Their life is totally unraveling. There's all these things. There's just train wrecks going on all around them. And the only thing they can chalk it up to is bad luck. It certainly is not the result of foolish decisions from their perspective. Proverbs chapter 14. Uh, look down in verse 16 and uh, see what he says here. Proverbs 14, 16 says this. A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. He just does whatever he thinks looks wise, and then what doesn't turn out, he can't imagine. Uh, it was a lack of wisdom, so he says, you know what? It must just be bad luck. Uh, the, new, uh, the English Standard Version renders the same verse this way. It says, one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil. Listen, but a fool is reckless and careless. Reckless and careless. And a foolish person never connects the dots. That they never could imagine that all of these things in life may be painful consequences of careless and reckless or unwise decisions. They just assume it's bad luck. Listen, the foolish person, imagine there's a storm cloud following them all throughout life. I asked in the first service, I said, remember that cartoon character who's got the storm cloud all around him? And someone yelled out, uh, I, said, I said, from peanuts. And someone yelled out, it's Pigpen. No, it, but someone later corrected my theology and said, no, no, no. That schlep rock from the Flintstones. You see, that is. That's a foolish person. They just seem, they, they just, every time they say, boy, life is hard, but, but, but surely it's not me. It's just bad luck follows me everywhere I go. One of the things I say over and over 
uh, and our staff just they roll their eyes when I say it about this, is the foolish person never comes to grips with the fact in every disastrous area of their life, broken relationships, lost jobs, financial misfortune, in every single circumstance, they're the only common denominator. Can I let you on a secret? If you've got fired from eight jobs in a row, it may not be bad luck. You may be a terrible employee. Did you know that? If every relationship around you goes down in flames, it may not be the other person. It may be you. But the foolish person never connects the dots. They always say, I've just had bad luck. I'm just never finding the right job, the right relationship, the right you know, investment strategy, whatever the case is. And so they're always chalking up to bad luck. But the Bible says this, that a, that a foolish person is reckless and careless when it comes to making their decisions. Now, we've all made mistakes. Uh, that's one of the reasons we love the new year. The idea of wiping the slate clean of all those mistakes. So there's nothing wrong about making mistakes, but the foolish person makes the same mistakes over and over and over and often in the very same way. And they're always telling themselves, this time it'll work out. This time, I know what happened last time, that will never happen again. And they always go over the same, making careless and reckless decisions that Proverbs 14 warns about. And the fool just walks over the cliff time and time again. Every time they dust themselves off, they climb back up and say, I'll never do that again, only to find themselves at the bottom of the cliff again. There are Hebrew words, several words translate fool in, a, uh, in the English Bible. Uh, the first is the word kasil. It is used 49 times in the book of Proverbs. It's used to describe a long-standing fool, the person who uh, never learns. The word literally can be translated thickness. And so when someone says that a person is thick-headed, which, by the way, they're not talking about your hair. I just want to acknowledge that, okay? When someone describes you as thick-headed, that actually is a biblical concept. It's the person who never, ever learns. The fool wanders aimlessly along, never setting any course. And every time they sense danger, and they go over the edge, they just do it again and again and again. The unwise person is, is the person who keeps going back to that same bad relationship, thinking, you know what, I can change them, only to have it go in flames again. It's the same person who keeps trying get-rich-quick scheme after get-rich-quick scheme just over and over and, and last time, and I know it didn't work up and it blew up and I lost money and all, all those kind of things, but I'm going to fix it this time. That's the person the Bible thinks is acting in a foolish way. They always chuck it up to bad luck. I'm just not a lucky person. I've just got a storm cloud following me all along the way. And we know this, and we know these principles, but so many times we find ourselves lacking wisdom in this area. Uh, many of you have learned this. If you work too many hours and neglect your family, it leads to breakdown and heartache. And we know that and we say that. And when someone preaches that, we say amen. But yet we do it over and over and over and over again. Uh, we know the pain of financial pressure. Did you realize that 56% of all marriages that end in divorce cited financial pressure as the number one cause leading to the breakdown of that marriage? And so we know the danger of debt. The Bible doesn't call debt a sin, but it gives strong warnings against debt. But yet people just rack up debt and rack up debt and pay it off and then finally think they're going to get it all together and then do it over and over and over again. That's the person the Bible says doesn't need more financial strategy, doesn't need more relationship savvy. They need wisdom. And the reality is that so many times it is not bad luck. It is the consequence of careless and reckless decisions that Proverbs talks about here. But the fool always says, I'm just a person who's got bad luck over and over and over. Second thing we see in Proverbs 
It's not that they claim everything up is bad luck. Uh, secondly, we see in Proverbs, a fool is always uh, in a fight. Always. They're, they're contentious. Uh, if you're around a fool for too long, somehow, someway, they're going to find conflict. Uh, fools are quick to fight. They love it. How many of you remember, uh, ever, have you ever saw a fight on the school playground? Anybody remember that? Now, how many of you ever in a fight on the school play? Hey, a couple women raised your hands. Watch out. Listen, let's just be honest. The best fights were girl fights, right? Wasn't too long somebody had hold of someone else's hair like a cat. Right? And any time a fight would break on the playground, what would everybody yell? Fight! And every fool from a mile around would come running, right? If it was a big fight, like you knew it was going to be an epic fight because they said, you know what? We're going to meet after school where teachers can't break it up. In the town that I grew up in and I still live in, uh, we knew that it was going to be a fight of epic proportions if someone agreed to meet behind the Whistle Stop Donut House. That, listen, it was, it was on like Donkey Kong when you invited someone to the Whistle Stop after school. Now, we laugh about that. Why? Because we know it was foolish. We, know it was, we probably can't even recall what we're fighting about. But the fool never grows out of that. It may not be with their fists, it may be with their words, but a fool is always finding themselves in the source of conflict. And again, never connecting the dots that they're the only common denominator in all of this conflict. Look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 6. Uh, Proverbs 18 says this, A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for blows. Uh, listen, keep reading, flip over two chapters to chapter 20, verse 3. Chapter 20, verse 3, it is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel is what the, the Bible says. And some of you say, well, I would, I would never be so childish to do that. However, you find yourself very quickly engaging in combative words, not even thinking about that. My experience is this, is that we don't even blink sometimes before what comes out of our mouths. But the Bible says this. Listen, that's not a strong person who speaks their mind. The Bible says it's a weak person who cannot control themselves or their emotions. Uh, listen to the wisdom of God's word on controlling what comes out of your mouth and avoiding conflict. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 3 says this. In the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise uh, will preserve them. Well, what does that mean? They, they just keep talking, just keep talking, keep bragging, keep bragging, all those kinds of things. And he says, you're setting yourself up for conflict because eventually someone's going to come along the way and say, that's enough. And you're going to think it's their problem. No, the Bible says wisdom preserves them. The uh, Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. What does that mean? It means the person who just talks and talks and loves to hear themselves talk. Eventually, transgression is unavoidable, but the wise person probably listens as much as they talk. The Bible also says this, Proverbs 17, 28, uh, Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered uh, perceptive. Now, here's my experience. My experience is the foolish person is actually proud of this when they should be ashamed because what they come along and say you know what i just i just speak my mind if you can't handle it just go somewhere else i just i tell people what i think you know what the bible says you're not strong you're weak it's it's the habits of a fool is what the the bible says now you may be sitting here thinking so I, i'm never going to change that that's who I am. I'm going to be a strong person. I'm going to speak whatever I think. And if people don't like it, they can just find another friend. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Jesus was a pansy? 
Would, would, would you ever look at Jesus and, and describe him as a sissy? And some are thinking, no. I mean, listen, he's the strongest person uh, that ever lived. Then I want you to listen to the example between Good Friday and the resurrection on Sunday when they spat on him, when they pressed down a crown of thorns in his head, when they falsely accused him. The one thing that Herod and Pilate observed about his life was his silence. The Bible says he was like a lamb led to a slaughter. Silence. Why? His total confidence wasn't in his strength. It was in the strength of the one, the Father who was caring after him. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 2. It says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered you. Now listen, leaving you an example. Leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted to himself he who judges justly. And so if you're a person who says, you know what, I just speak my mind. And if you come at me, bro, I'm coming right back at you. Listen, it's not, it's lack of wisdom in our lives. And so we should be following the example of Christ. So it talks about, but a fool is always in a fight. They're always in the midst of conflict. Always thinking it's the other person's fault. Here's the third thing Proverbs says that a fool always wants what they do not have. Always wants what they do not have. Another one of the Hebrew words for foolishness is the word Nepal. It means one who lacks uh, spiritual perception. They're always looking for something, not sure what it is, but they know that it's not God. Psalm 14.1 says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. And so the foolish person rejects the existence of God, and therefore they pursue all of their life trying to find something to fill in that void in their lives, trying to find purpose and meaning and satisfaction that can only be found in the Father. Uh, look at Proverbs chapter 17. Go back to verse uh, 24. Here's what it says. Wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. What does that mean? It means they're always looking for something to satisfy them, and they're convinced that something is not the thing in front of them. That, 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 that joy will be found somewhere else, that satisfaction will be found somewhere else, that, that peace will be found somewhere else. They're, they're all the way to the ends of the earth, their eyes will roam, searching for things that only God provides. The foolish person truly lives under the banner that the grass is always greener on the other side. And so what are the common places their eyes wander to? It says their eyes wander to the ends of the earth. Where, where do their eyes go to? Well, let me give you a few things. Number one uh, is new things. Uh, this is the person who believes their next purchase is finally going to bring them contentment and happiness. That they just, they just could get something new, a new house or a new, you know, just fill in the blank, whatever it is, that finally that thing they've been wandering, looking after, this, whatever it is, will finally fill in the blanks for them. And advertising makes it so deceiving, does it not? 36 easy payments. Can I just share with you? I've never made an easy payment in my life. But the fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. Why? Searching for something that will finally bring satisfaction. Can you just hear me this morning in the year? Listen, it's not something, it's someone that brings joy and peace into your life. Do you understand that this year? But the fool never gets it. Sometimes it's new things, sometimes it's new endeavors. The foolish person is always looking somewhere else for satisfaction. They think, I just had a new job or a, a new hobby. They just move from fad to fad, from meaningless A to unfulfilling B. If you're that kind of person, you're always saying, uh, what's the end to now? What's their new thing going to be? Now, is there anything wrong with wanting to try new things? No. Is there anything wrong with wanting to stretch yourself and grow? No. But for the fool, there is no end in sight. 
It's just one thing after another. Just one, you know, endeavor, endeavor. I'm going to do this, and next thing I say, I'm this, and it's just over and over. Now, I just got to confess, in my life, uh, I have uh, exercised foolishness uh, in this area. I've had a thousand hobbies. Early on in our marriage, I always wanted to move, and Tasha's like, I don't want to. Tasha does not like change. I love change. And I just wanted to move all the time. And so I told a guy one time, I said, we have moved uh, nine times in 13 years. He said, let me save you some heartache. He's like, buy a tent. That's what he told me. I've had to grow out of that. You know, just, I've, had to, I've had to grow. And it's been some painful concepts. It's been my wife at times speaking truth uh, into my life. And I'm almost 40 years old. And I understand that's hard for you to believe, as handsome as I am. Amen. But I've had to grow. Listen, what an entrepreneurial, it was foolishness. New things, new endeavors, and, and here's uh, often uh, new people. The fool wanders from relationship to relationship, and in between they fill the void with wandering eyes, always thinking that this next relationship will finally bring them satisfaction, always thinking this next encounter will finally uh, bring them uh, uh, the, what they've been looking for, the joy in their life. But the Proverbs says they, they don't grow in wisdom. Listen, their eyes will wander to the end of the earth. Because why? A fool is never, ever content. Always looking for new things and new endeavors and new people to fill the void that only God can do. Here's the last thing we see is this in Proverbs. And this is the most important one. This, this is the banner everything else hangs under. A fool lacks a teachable spirit. A fool lacks a teachable spirit. The primary characteristic of foolishness under which all everything else goes under uh, is that a fool cannot listen to anyone else. Turn back to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12 in verse 15 says this. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. You ever tried to catch a fool in his folly, going in the wrong direction? You ever tried to grab them by the shoulders lovingly, even gently, and speak truth into their lives? It's not well received, is it? Because a fool is wise in his own eyes. A fool never heeds the counsel of anyone else. You will never convince a foolish person that what they're doing may not have a good outcome. And they'll argue a million reasons why, and here's why, and you don't understand. And, and this is one of my all-time favorites as a pastor. Uh, they like to make spiritualize it. You know, well, God told me. Really? God told you to go after someone else's spouse. Really? And when you argue with him, you're arguing with God, right? But the foolish person never lets you speak truth into their life. Never. Why? Because they're not teachable. They won't receive it. The Bible says that the wise person listens uh, to counsel. And so this is the area of the greatest we need to grow in. You've got, you've got to be willing to listen uh, to other people. You know how God speaks to us? God speaks to us through the Word and through other people. Did you, did you realize that? That other people speak wisdom into our lives, and we desperately need that. But the fool never has a teachable spirit to listen. So let me ask you a very, very important question, probably the most important question as it relates to your pursuit of wisdom uh, for the New Year's. As a matter of fact, I think it's so important you should write it down and then ask someone this question after church. That's how important this question is. If you don't hear anything else I said today, write this down, memorize this, whatever, and ask someone after church. Ask them this question. Would you describe me as having a teachable spirit? And then give them permission to answer without the, with freedom from repercussions. Because some of you are sitting next to a person right now thinking, 
Don't ask me that after church. I, I, I'm not going down. I'm not stepping on that landmine, right? I don't want to be right. I just want to be happy. I am not answering that question. That's a red flag. That you may not have a teachable spirit. Guys, did you know this? That God uses your wife to speak wisdom into your life? God, you, guys, did you know that? Did you understand? Wives, do you understand your husband uh, can, can speak God's wisdom into your life? And my experience is people take advice from me that they would never take from their spouse. God uses the people around you, godly people who are spirit-filled, wise people, to speak truth into your lives. But so many times, we're not teachable enough to hear it. Uh, Proverbs 17.10 says this, Rebuke is more effective for a wise man than a hundred blows on a fool. What, what does that mean? That means the wise person, you, a rebuke is a word of correction. It doesn't have to be angry, but it's a word of correction. And so the wise person, when they receive a word of correction, what they say is, you know what, I'm, I'm not totally sure I agree with that, but thank you for loving me enough to share that. I've got to get along with God and pray about that and see if it's true or not. Let me let you know a little secret. Sometimes criticism is true. Did you know that? Sometimes it's really true. But the teachable person will, will argue until their death. That is simply not true. The, the unwise person, you can strike them with a hundred blows. They're never going to get it. Now, let me just say, my conviction is this. The number one characteristic of a bright spiritual future is a teachable spirit. Teachable, it's the number one characteristic of a bright spiritual future is a teachable spirit. Now, here's, here's the thing. Most people who aren't teachable don't know they're not teachable, Right? The, the, the reason they don't know is because when someone shares that, they don't want to hear it. And so you may be sitting there thinking, is it me? Is it me? How do you know? Our own heart deceives us. Jeremiah 17, 9 tells us that. Listen, let me give you the primary characteristic of a person who is not a teachable, who doesn't have a teachable spirit. The primary characteristic, listen closely, the primary characteristic of a person who does not have a teachable spirit is they are habitually defensive. It doesn't matter what you say, you're wrong. It doesn't matter how you tell a story, it didn't happen that way. It doesn't matter what you try to speak into your life, the only thing they're thinking of is they're waiting for you to quit talking so they can tell you what they think about what you just said and about you as a person and your mom and your uncle too, right? And even your dog. They, they cannot handle, they just, they, they, everything, whether openly or in their heart is, oh yeah, well let me tell you something. That's the number one response of a person who lacks a teachable spirit is they're always on the defense about everything. Everything. And wisdom is not the things that I know, it's the things that I do. In Hebrew culture, the biggest fool of all was the one who knew what to do uh, but did not do it. I love this quote that came across. It said this, Knowledge is proud because it knows so much. Wisdom is humbled because it knows so little. Uh, my favorite president, one of my favorite historical figures of all times is Abraham Lincoln. He and I share the same birthday. Other than that, nothing else in common. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, I've always enjoyed uh, studying about him, reading about him. And Lincoln had uh, this quote about wisdom. He said this, I do not think much of a man who is not wiser today than he was yesterday. What does that mean? That means for you and I to be all that God's called us to be. For you and I to grow into all that God wants us to be. For you and I to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. The thing we should be pursuing the hardest is not, you know, uh, health and wealth and prosperity and all those kinds of things. Those aren't evil things. But listen, the thing we should pursue the most, have the greatest appetite for, 
in this new year is wisdom. It's wisdom. Now, if you're like me, you walk through this list and there was some conviction. I told you one of those points, I'm, when I, when I, I'm like, that's me. I've been that fool. And so maybe a little uh, discouraged, maybe convicted. Uh, so let me in, in, uh, end with an encouraging word as it relates to wisdom. Here's the good news. Wisdom is available. Wisdom is available. You don't have to search high and low. The wisdom is contained in, a, in the word of God that reveals the character of God and the person of Jesus Christ and his life and his teachings and his example. And so I'm holding wisdom in my hands. You may be here and you may be a guest and, and you may be looking for a church and it's a new year and all those kinds of things and this may be the 10th church you visit and listen, uh, don't, don't go to a church and ask how good's the children's ministry, how good's the youth ministry, I like the music, I didn't like the music, it was too loud, it wasn't loud enough. Go up and say, is someone getting up and teaching from the all-sufficient counsel of the authoritative word of God? Why? Because it contains wisdom alone. God doesn't offer advice, God gives us wisdom in his word. One of the things people tell us all the time is we, we go to your church because you guys preach the Bible. And I say this all the time. What else would you do for 30 minutes? Like, what, do you, what else would you do? I don't have any wisdom. The only wisdom I have, I'm holding in my hands. So what does that mean? That's why we challenge you to memorize Scripture. Because we want you to build and grow in wisdom. That's why we challenge you to read through the Bible. Because we want you to grow uh, in wisdom. Now, I want you to listen to this. I want you to write it down and we're done. Your hunger for wisdom is directly proportionate to your appetite for Scripture. Let me repeat that. Your hunger for wisdom is directly proportionate to your appetite for Scripture. There, there is no... You can argue that's not true. Listen, it is absolutely true. Your hunger for wisdom is directly proportionate to your appetite for God's Word. And here's what you'll find from the pages of God's Word. You'll find a story of gospel redemption... This reminds us this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. And I don't know about you, but for a new year, that is good, good news. Amen. Would you bow your heads this morning? With your head bowed this morning, I, I cannot encourage you enough that to start off this new year to accept Christ as your Savior if you have not. That the wisest choice you'll ever make in your life is to surrender yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. To confess your sins before a holy God. To have a desire to turn from those sins and follow Christ. It's the wisest decision you'll ever make. It doesn't protect you from heartache and struggle, but it gives you a place of refuge when it comes. And so I ask you this morning, the new year, have your sins been forgiven? Have you been born again? Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? And if not, it's the greatest New Year's you could ever experience is to receive Jesus Christ this morning as your Lord and Savior. Would you do that right in your seat? Would you bow your heads, confess your sins, ask Jesus Christ to forgive you and invite him into your life as your Lord and Savior this morning? Many of you have made that decision years ago, maybe even decades ago. But God, once again, has used his word to pierce your hearts. And you recognize that the thing you need this year is not a new diet, a new workout strategy, a new investment strategy. You need wisdom. 
that in so many areas of your life where there's pain and suffering and brokenness and dysfunction, you're the only common denominator. And the one thing you should want this new year, the one goal should be wisdom. And so if you're here this morning, you say, you know what? I, I, I need to grow in wisdom. I need to get into God's word. I need to memorize God's word. I desperately need wisdom in my life. Wisdom in relationships, wisdom in finances. Just I need to grow in wisdom in this new year. And I would love it if you would pray for me. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. Amen, amen. Lots of you. Lots of you. My hand is raised too. We just pray together towards that goal. Father, I pray this morning that you would bring us to the place of humble acknowledgement that we are desperately dependent on you for wisdom. The Father, it doesn't matter how educated we are, how successful we are, what our IQ is. God, none of those things are wisdom. Father, wisdom is found in the person and work of Jesus Christ in the principles of the Word of God that reveals the character of God. And so, Father, I pray this new year that we would memorize Scripture like never before. That God, that we would devour Your Word like never before. Not for the fact that we can quote certain things from Scripture, but so that we could grow in wisdom so that we can live a life that brings you glory and impact others with the gospel. Life is so short, so short. We desperately need wisdom to make an impact. So God, grant us wisdom through your word in 2016. And may this truly be the best year we've had. Whatever victories are won, whatever sin is triumphed over, whatever brokenness is healed, May we lay that trophy at the feet of Jesus Christ and His grace. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. If you're here this morning, you said.